0: Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This week's podcast is on the second part of Ephesians chapter 4. In it, Paul talks about how we should live. He contrasts lust and deceit from the old life with thoughts and attitudes of a new life. And as he does that, he talks about four main things that we should change. If we lie, tell the truth. If we're angry, resolve stuff. Um, because Anger is actually a really necessary emotion. You ever notice when you're angry, you don't have any lack of energy? Anger is is an essential emotion. It's what gives us the ability to overcome inertia and to resolve things. The issue is to be angry and not sin, to not let the sun go down on our anger. We need to resolve anger quickly. And if you steal, give generously. If you're crude in your language, change that to encouraging people. Paul gives is really clear instructions because he wants to highlight the difference in how we should live. He talks about lust and deceit versus thoughts and attitudes. But I want to be really clear when we talk about change, we need to be really careful that we don't get caught into the self-help mantra that's so often there. I've got friends that are really caught up with some popular Christian authors and popular non-Christian authors who talk a lot about behavior modification. And look, I'm all for behaviour change. Working in functional family therapy, I understand the importance of behaviour change. I understand the importance of habit. But I want to be really clear that what the scripture teaches us is transformation and not change. There is a difference between transformation and behaviour change. When we're engaged in behaviour change, we're relying on ourselves. Transformation is relying on God. Behaviour change is a temporary thing. Transformation is permanent. Behaviour change deals with the symptoms of our behaviour. Transformation deals with the core issue and changes us from the inside. And at the end of this passage, he then reminds us, be kind, tender hearted. And forgiving. I think the reason that Paul does this is because he wants us to be kind, tender hearted, and forgiving towards people who are in the process of transformation. That's very much me. But I think that we also need to be mindful that even when people aren't going through a period of transformation, even when people are living right before God, things can be difficult. And we need to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving. The New Testament begins telling the story of two women who were both devout, but yet both who knew shame, not for the wrong things, but for the right things. And thankfully, they had people in their lives that were kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving. The Gospel of Luke begins with the story of of Elizabeth and Zechariah. So here are two people from priestly lineage. Elizabeth is from the lineage of Aaron, the the first high priest. Joseph is also from the lineage of a priest. The arrangement is made for them to get married. There will be high expectations for this family. Two devout people from good lineage getting married with great opportunities. The difficulty is, is that Elizabeth was unable to have children. And in the days in which they lived, they believed that you were punished by God with either barrenness or leprosy. And so all her life, Elizabeth was devout. In fact, it says off here in Luke chapter 1 and verses 5 and 6, it says, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. It indicates that Elizabeth was about 60 years old, and yet they were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations, and yet she was barren. She would have lived with the ridicule, the gossip, the innuendo and those sideways glances. She had a husband that would have been justified under the law of the time, of divorcing her. And yet he was kind, tender hearted, and forgiving. And I can only imagine what a wonderful wife Elizabeth was that he didn't want to divorce her. I dare say she was a fantastic wife. And yet God in his mercy gave them not just any child, but John the Baptist. And it's interesting in verse twenty-five of the Luke chapter 1, it says that he has given me fruitfulness and taken away my shame. And then at the end of that chapter, in about verse 58, it talks about how when the neighbours saw how blessed she was, they all rejoiced with her. These same neighbours that had probably scorned and gossiped about her suddenly were rejoicing. At the same time, that Elizabeth, who had lived with so much shame, was now beginning to understand the excitement of having a child. Along comes Mary to visit her, who had grown up an unspectacular life in many ways it would seem. And suddenly she is pregnant with a child that isn't her fiancé's, her betrothed, her husband's-to-be. And now she has to endure the shame. I often wonder what the conversations were between Elizabeth and Mary. Elizabeth, who was moving away from her shame, looks upon this young woman many years her junior and understands what it is that Mary is facing. I believe that these women had... A real connection, not just through family, not just through pregnancy, but an understanding of what it was to be gossiped about, what it was to be looked down upon, what it was to be shamed in their community. You know, when Joseph and Mary went back to Bethlehem for the census, it tells us in chapter two that there was no room at the inn. In that culture, to not stay with family was extraordinarily unusual. Inns were places that you stayed only in inhospitable situations. We know that there was an inn on the road um, to Jericho. But we're talking about a trip of 20 miles. Inns were not normal places. It wasn't like today where there was a Four Seasons in every city or every town. This was a community and a nation that lived by hospitality. And yet the family allowed her to sleep very pregnant amongst the animals. It gives the indication that they understood that her pregnancy was not right as far as they were concerned. They did not understand that she was bearing the child of God. But it gives a really clear indication that Mary understood what it was to be misunderstood and to be ashamed. You know, Jesus said that while John the Baptist was the least of those in the kingdom of heaven, he was the greatest amongst men. And so here we have two women who are about to bear children. One who will become the herald to cry in the wilderness and proclaim that the Lamb of God is coming. And the other would give birth to the Son of God. These two women were misunderstood. They were shamed. They were gossiped about. They were possibly excluded. And yet, what was the strength for them was that they lived with people who were kind, tender and forgiving, friends. We don't know the journeys that people we mix with are on. It's really easy for us to be judgmental. It's really easy for us to point out what people should do to change. If they lie, then tell the truth. If they steal, then give generously. If they're angry, then resolve stuff. If they're crude in their language, then be encouraging. It's really easy to point out those things. But often we're surrounded by people who are doing their level best, who, like Elizabeth and Mary, are honouring God and following him as best they can. But for whatever reason, are experience a period of dryness, of barrenness, of, fruitfulness, of, of not being fruitful. It doesn't mean that God has deserted them. It doesn't mean that they are in sin. It doesn't mean that we should despise or look down. It means, friends, if there are people that are experiencing difficulty, as Paul says, they need us to be kind, to be tender-hearted, and to be forgiving. And I know that's not that's not easy, and sometimes it can be really difficult. Last weekend. My wife was saying, we need to go and encourage this particular person because we've had a really difficult time. And we had just been out all day. We were really tired. And I know that there was a significant cost to my wife to do that. But she did so because before God, she wants to be kind, tender hearted and forgiving. I just want to ask, this week... If you see people doing it tough, if you need to give correction or you need to share truth, do so. But please, friends, don't ever resist the temptation and the need to be kind, tenderhearted and forgiving. Thank you for joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation@gmail.com. at gmail.com. God bless.